You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. The book of Acts is a record of that movement of their carrying the gospel message of Jesus. That The book of Acts is that record. In fact, the first five chapters that we've gone through told us that in just one year, the apostles filled all of Jerusalem with the gospel. How much of it? All of Jerusalem. I mean, they filled all of Jerusalem with the good news about Jesus. Today's message is simple. Pastor Dion's explanation of how God's word spread throughout the world was scary for the apostles at the time, but it yielded such amazing outcomes. He then outlined several people from the Bible that were up against what looked like really bad situations, but turned good because that's what God does. Philip was a man who escaped to Samaria with a plan in mind, but it didn't match up with God's. This city was a place that had long ago rejected God's call to come back to him. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 8 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Thank you for meeting us here with your word, with your spirit, and with your presence. We need those three things so desperately so that we can be more like you, And that we can reflect you as best as can be in the sphere of influences that we live. I pray, Father, that you would use my voice and your word to inspire, to impact, and impress your people. So that a fire would be started within them. And Lord, that you would work through them, in them, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, during Jesus' earthly ministry, Jesus announced that the kingdom of God had come. If you remember, prior to Jesus' coming, John the Baptist said, the kingdom of God is coming. He was announcing the Messiah. But then when Jesus came, Jesus announced, the kingdom of God has come. Jesus started saying, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the light of the world. I am the vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the Son of God. He made the announcement. He let us know. And then Jesus proved those claims. That he was all of those things, the Son of God. He proved those claims by displaying power, power over nature. He was able to calm the wind and the storms. He was able to multiply bread. He was able to, he had power over nature. He had power over demons. There were people who were demonized, that were brought to Jesus, and the demons inside them would actually speak. And they say, we know who you are, Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to torment us before our time? Say, they know what their end is, right? Jesus displayed power over demons. Jesus displayed power over disease, over disability. 
There were people who had leprosy that were incurable. And Jesus displayed power over that. He displayed power over death. Three times he raised someone from the dead and then he even raised himself from the dead. Isn't that awesome? So he made all those claims and then he proved the claims by displaying power over all those things. Jesus told his disciples that he would be put to death, but that he would resurrect from the dead. He also told his disciples that he would ascend to his Father. And that when He ascended, He would send the Holy Spirit and He would build His, and this is the word, the church. He said, I'm going to listen. He made these statements. He displayed this power. He said, I'm, the, I'm going to be crucified, but I'm going to raise again. I'm going to rise again. When He ascended, He sent down the Holy Spirit and He started building His church. We found out that the word church means movement, a movement of believers in Christ. So he started the church, his movement. That movement was founded on the revelation of who he is, the Son of God, the Savior. So the church, the movement was founded on the fact of who Jesus is. A movement that would start it started with the disciples, with his disciples. In fact, here is how it started when Jesus commissioned them. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Jesus told them, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, Jesus ascended, sent down the Holy Spirit, He started building His church, and the church started with the apostles. The disciples became apostles after that statement. The word apostles means sent out ones. It means what, guys? Sent out ones. And so, at that moment, Jesus just sent down the Holy Spirit. It fell upon the disciples. They became apostles, because now they were sent out to carry the message to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So they've been sent out. Pretty cool. Well, the book that we're studying, the book of Acts, is a record of that movement, of their carrying the gospel message of Jesus. That The book of Acts is that record. In fact, the first five chapters that we've gone through told us that in just one year, the apostles filled all of Jerusalem with the gospel. How much of it? All of Jerusalem. I mean, they filled all of Jerusalem with the good news about Jesus. It was a revival, an awakening. Thousands of Jews in Jerusalem were coming to faith in Jesus. That's a good place to cheer right there. Wow. Awesome, disciple. You did. They got sent out, and now they've actually impacted the whole city of Jerusalem. It's pretty cool. But, don't you hate that word sometimes? I mean, I love it on the other side. You know, we were dead in sin, but God. But there's this one. I mean, God is doing an amazing thing. He sent out His disciples. They're now apostles. They're carrying the message of Jesus and they have saturated all of Jerusalem. But a problem arose, as always does. 
See, spiritual growth is always challenged. Faith and commitment in Jesus will always be attacked. How many of you know about that, huh? Those attacks come sometimes by temptation, sometimes by trial, and sometimes by this persecution. So a rival breaks out, but a problem arose. Persecution is what we're going to be looking at. Persecution is pressure to recant our faith and decision for Jesus. Persecution is the pressure to get you to turn back on your decision and commitment for Christ. And guys, that pressure or persecution is on every Christian, comes to every Christian. No one is exempt. Nudge your neighbor and say, no one is exempt. That means you. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12 says this, anyone who wants to live all out for Christ is in for a lot of trouble. There's no getting around it. You can go ahead and say, oh. But it's the truth. And that's exactly what was happening there in the book of Acts. Jesus resurrects. He resurrects from the dead. He ascends to His Father. He sends down the Holy Spirit. I mean, the disciples are carrying the message, saturating Jerusalem. But then, persecution arose. Well, the persecution against the first church got intense. What happened was an up-and-coming religious leader named Saul, everybody say his name, what? Saul, that guy had Stephen stoned to death for his faith and witness. So the church in Jerusalem is growing, volunteers are getting involved, ministry is happening, but then Saul gets one of the volunteers and has him stoned to death because of his faith in Jesus and his profession. Wow. Then this Saul, with a Hitler-like agenda, decided that he wanted to rid all of Jerusalem, of Christians. It would be a Christian genocide. Everybody say, wow. In fact, here's the story as we pick up the record in Acts chapter 8. Now Saul was consenting to Stephen's death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. So, The apostles, sent out ones, have been saturating Jerusalem with the message. People are responding. Volunteers, people are responding and and it's created more ministry. People are being involved in ministry, but a persecution arises. Saul stones one of those faithful volunteers of the church. Then he decides, I'm going to kill all the Christians. He got bloodthirsty. 
He got bloodthirsty. The verse said was making havoc of the church. The word havoc means causing them to run in terror. The Christians were starting to be, and everybody say the word, scattered. They were leaving Jerusalem in droves trying to get away from the persecution of Saul. The Christians started fleeing Jerusalem in self-preservation, which turned out to be a good thing. It turned out to be a good thing. You see, Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 says that God can turn your lemons into lemonade. I'm sorry, it doesn't say that, but close. Let's read it. Acts 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good. Wait, 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 let's back up. And we know that what? Work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. See, God is known to make some bad things work for good. I'm going to say it again. God is known to make some bad things work for good. He had done it many times in the Old Testament. In fact, He did it in Joseph's life. You remember the story of Joseph. He was betrayed by his brothers. They threw him in a dry well. They were going to leave him there to die. But then they had a little bit of compassion. They pulled him out and sold him to a caravan that was traveling to Egypt as a slave. Joseph ends up being a slave in Egypt. Then he gets falsely accused by his master's wife of rape. And he is thrown into prison. He stays in prison about 12 to 15 years. Yikes, right? But God had him at the right place at the right time because then God called him out. He interpreted Pharaoh's dream and became a leader in Egypt. Not only saved the Egyptians, that's not why he was there, but to save his family that was going through a famine, he had, God arranged it, orchestrated. God has been known to take bad things and make them work for good. Then there was Moses. Think about Moses. Moses was, I mean, Born at a time when the Egyptians were killing all of the Hebrew babies. He was born. His parents hid the pregnancy. Hid him after he was born. When they could hide him no more, they put him in a basket made of reeds, pitched with tar. They put him in a basket and pushed him out on the Nile so that, you know, hopefully someone would find him. They did. What was a bad thing? Pharaoh's daughter found him. He became Pharaoh's grandson. This little kid. She adopted him. Here's even a cool thing, if you didn't know this. They were looking for a wet nurse after they found him, and they went and they hired, not knowingly, Moses' mom to be his own, her own son's wet nurse. Isn't that cool? God knows how to turn bad things 
into good results. And then there was Israel. In the Old Testament, a famine had hit the land. People were starving. The Assyrian army decided it was a good time to attack them. They were weak. They had nothing. So the Assyrians brought 186,000 soldiers from the north to surround Jerusalem. Stop and think about it. It seems like a bad thing. But God, in the night, sent an angel that killed all 186,000 soldiers. Here's what happens. There were a couple of lepers that were in the camp or outside the walls. They figured, you know what? What could happen? What's the worst that could happen? We're just going to go out there to their camp and see if they you know, give us a few scraps. Maybe they'll have compassion on us. They found the camp, and basically everybody dead. And all the food that they had brought from Assyria was made and sustained the Israelis inside the walls of Jerusalem until the famine was over. A bad thing that God turned good. God did it in the past, and now He was doing it here in the book of Acts in the New Te- for the New Testament church. A bad thing, persecution, is turning around to be something good. You see, Jesus had told the apostles to share the good news in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The movement was supposed to move. Well, the apostles had saturated Jerusalem, the first name on the list, they had saturated Jerusalem with the message of Christ, but then they got but then they got comfortable. It happens. Comfortable. You know, people come to faith in Jesus. They're excited. They're enthused. They want to tell everyone what they've experienced. They want to tell their family, their friends, their co-workers. But then once their contacts have been covered, the sharing fades. No more urgency. No more risk. No more reaching out. Which results in no more progress. One old proverb says, the turtle only makes progress when he sticks his neck out. Well, the apostles had stopped sticking their neck out. They were there in Jerusalem, saturated the city with a message, but they stopped sticking their neck out, so the movement wasn't moving. But then God made persecution work for good. Because to avoid persecution, a guy by the name of Philip went to this place. Everybody call it, say it out loud, what? Samaria. One of the names on the list. He goes to Samaria. In fact, let's read the, the record. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed and there was great joy in the city. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So here's a persecution that arose. It's a bad thing, 
or at least it seemed like a bad thing, causing people to scatter, and Philip goes to Samaria. Well, who's this guy, Philip? Well, we read about a guy named Stephen. He was not an apostle. He was maybe a B-postle or a C-postle, if you know what I mean. He wasn't one of the originals. Well, Philip was the same. They were both, they were, both had a ministry that they were delivering. They had meals on wheels, delivering food and groceries to widows, Christian widows in Jerusalem. Well, we read that, you know, Saul had Stephen killed, and we read it at the top of our, of our reading. Saul had Stephen killed. Well, Philip takes off to Samaria because he thinks he's next on the list. I'm, I got, I'm probably next on the list. So he, Philip went to the one place he knew Saul and the religious leaders wouldn't follow him. To Samaria. Can you say the name again? To what? Samaria. See, the religious leaders treated Samaria like malaria, if you know what I mean. The religious leaders treated Samaria like a deadly disease. See, Samaria was considered unclean to the religious leaders. Would you like a little bit of history? Okay, I'll give you the skinny version. During the Old Testament, Samaria, that area of Israel, Samaria, abandoned God and served idols. They decided, we're going to unplug from God, we don't believe anymore, and they started serving the idols of those around them. The, the Samarians did. They started serving idols. Now, because of their defiant rebellion, God sent them various prophets to call them back to Him. But they rebelled and refused. So God, without another course, decided to give them a little bit of pressure. He sent the Assyrians to invade northern Israel. So the Assyrians invaded northern Israel and they conquered northern Israel. And the Assyrians occupied the territory of Samaria. They murdered all of the men and they took the Samarian women for themselves. And the children that were born from the Samarian women and the Assyrians, well, they were called from then on half-breeds, right? Half-breed, that's all they ever heard. Half-breed, how they learn to hate the word. Remember Sherry used to sing that song? Well, they went through it. They experienced that. So the religious leaders quarantined the Samaritans, no longer called Samarians, uh, but called Samaritans because they're half Samarian and half Assyrian. So the religious leaders quarantined that particular county with extreme prejudice. As we cling to the This has been another edition of The Simple Truth. Thanks for tuning in. Jesus changed history, and when he changed history, he changed the world. Throughout the book of Acts, we get a glimpse into the early church and just how much Jesus' life impacted those around him. Jesus showed humankind not only how to live and love, but how to spread the love of the Father to the world. Here at The Simple Truth, we pray that you learn to live and love just as Jesus did. And once you do that, we pray that you share his love with the world, just as the disciples did. 
We're so glad that you tuned in today for Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Acts. We'd like to encourage you to spend even more time studying the Word, learning about Jesus' life in the New Testament books. And we'd love to pray for you during this season as well. So please let us know how we can specifically be lifting you up to the Lord. Give us a call at 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. Do you live in the Española area? If so, come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us virtually through Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. Just follow the link to Facebook that you'll find at tmcalvary.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and be sure to join us again next time, right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand. Together.